श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय और भक्त वृंद की जाय को प्रेम आनंदे मॉर्निंग गुड बी विद यू अगेन सो वी विल कंटिन्यू आवर डिस्कशन ऑफ ब्रह्म संहिता वी हैव गॉटन टू फार दस फार यस्टरडे और I guess it was the day before yesterday we discussed the some of the implications of the first line of the first verse of the text as well as the history of the text and its uh, significance within our sect our lineage and with regard to the first verse in the first line we learned ishwar parama krishna that uh, krishna is the parama ishwar we learned how he controls hmm, and how he is controlled at the same time <clears throat> very interesting discussion verse goes on to say ishwar parama krishna satchidananda vigraha so he who is the parama ishwar krishna krishna means from an etymological point of view krish the first syllable of the two syllables of this one word means uh, existence and na means bliss nascha nibriti vachaka hmm. it's interesting that na nibriti means bliss it also implies uh the path of leaving behind things which would leave us with ourselves hmm. which is a unit of derived as we've been discussing bliss like heat in comparison to the sun and its heat or anandam that makes it lovable and the object of lo- the real object of love within this world as we've explained it's not the things that we love but our self that we love that um we have extended into things which we then are call ours my house my car my country become lovable or of interest to me because of my because i'm in them hmm? i've identified with them i've extended myself hmm? into them so it is me or self our self that is lovable hmm? not the things so as i said if we leave aside the things we're left with that which is lovable but the lovable nature of the self it's ananda is a derived ananda so that from which it's derived is arguably and obviously a more perfect and comprehensive object of love hmm? in which love constitutes more than the absence of 
of, uh, of misery, hmm? but takes on a wholly positive context uh, and position as well. Hmm? So Krishna then, Krishna is uh, blissful existence, we might say. It is, uh, uh, however, he, the word Krishna has been uh, placed here in the text along with the word Ishwar, Ishwar Parama, hmm? qualifiers. Hmm? And so the implication is that uh, Krishna is ruling an existence that rules by bliss. Hmm? by ananda, by love. And we talked about this to some extent. Here in the second line we come to today, he's further described as satchit ananda bigraha. Hmm? So the text seeks to distinguish him from Brahman hmm? by way of describing him as an Ishwar. Hmm? In other words, equality, whereas Brahman is thought to be, by those who are preoccupied with Brahman, to, as qualityless. Hmm? In Advaita Vedanta, Brahman is not the uh, controller. Hmm? Some lesser idea of an Ishwar is manifest in that uh, school of Vedanta. Hmm. who is then the controller. Of course, that's a different philosophy, a different school of Vedanta that we have some difference with. Um, but the point I'm making is that the Bhama Samhita is saying that which is blissful existence is a controller hmm? and indeed controls by its bliss, by its love. Hmm? And as we heard also, that Ishwar that controls by love hmm, is controlled by love as well. And this is very practical because if we love someone and we control them in effect subtly by our love, hmm, then they love us also and we come <laughs> under their influence. Uh, we, uh, so, and so it, love requires these two. If he is to control by love, there must be something to control. Hmm? And, and ultimately, he himself is controlled by love. So, Ishwar Parama. Param, para means excellence, refers to his shaktis, and Ma means Lakshmi. And here, of course, it is in the plural which distinguishes him from really, for all intents and purposes, all other forms of Bhagawan. Hmm? If he's the Ishwar Parama, then to whatever extent Bhagawan and his different avatars is also an Ishwar. Hmm? Um, they, among uh, uh, other ways, are distinguished, that is the avatars from the avatari, by the fact that the avatars have uh, one 
if you will, Shakti. I'm speaking of the most excellent Shakti, that is to say, the Swarup Shakti, that internal potency of the Godhead manifest in the form of a Lakshmi or a consort. All of the avatars have their consorts. Hmm? But they uh, tend, by and large, to be singular. There are some slight nuances here and there, but for the most part, singular. And by contrast, uh, as the as the Samhita goes on to say, Lakshmi Sahasrasata, Sevimanu Sambhamanam Sevimanu. Krishna, the Lakshmis, if you will, the manifestations of his um, most excellent Shakti, the Swarup Shakti, are innumerable. Hmm? Innumerable and endowed with a very special kind of love that we do not see any of the uh, avatars, uh, consorts exhibiting. Hmm? The other consorts exhibit a kind of a reverential love for uh, the avatar. Hmm? And by contrast, the Lakshmis of, of Goloka, hmm? they uh, love the Godhead in intimacy and verily, as we're explaining, control him by their love. Indeed, Krishna is the Godhead controlled by love. Narayan and his avatars and so forth tend to be more overtly controllers, even though they also control by love. Hmm? But they are not as controlled by love hmm? and not as loving by comparison. Therefore, as I was pointing out the other day, hmm? the less the controlling factor is loving, the more the controller will appear as such as a controller. And the more loving is the, is the actual vehicle by which one controls, the less one appears overtly as a controller. Hmm? Thus Krishna. We say he's the supreme controller and he's uh, concerned whether or not uh, Radha will let him in the door. Hmm? Uh, he has many other concerns. Well, that is his primary concern, but uh, other concerns uh, as, as well hmm? that are not, uh, we would not think would be typical of the supreme controller. Do you follow? Hmm? As we said, he's only playing, but again, it takes some power to play. Hmm? His power to play is the power of these Lakshmis hmm? uh, and his Srup Shakti personified as his entourage and associates that make him what he is. He is Satchirananda Bigraha. Bigraha means form. Hmm? The Lakshmis that personify uh, super excellent love, we call this love Prema Madhurya. As I said, no other avatar has is surrounded by this prema madurja. Hmm? That is one of the reasons that 
we understand Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to be Krishna himself, to be the avatari himself. One of the reasons why, as I explained the, uh, last night, I believe, Gaur-lila is the natural extension of uh, Krishna-lila. Hmm. Because Krishna is surrounded by Prima Madhurya, this extraordinary kind of uh, divine love, and wanting to taste it himself, hmm, and thinking wisely as he does, that in order to do so, I have to change my position, hmm, and put myself in the position of a devotee of myself, so I can experience the experience of the devotee, the Prima Madhurya, hmm, that uh, such devotees embody. Hmm. If that is what Krishna seeks to experience in his most introspective moments that then require hmm, another leela, I describe it as a reverse jacket kind of a leela, where <laughs> if you wear the jacket reversed, it has the same colors, but they're different. The, the, the main color on the inside will be only the accent color on the outside. Hmm? And the main color on the outside will become the accent color on the inside. So Gaur-lila and Krishna-lila are something like this. Hmm? But the point I'm making is that Gore and Gaur-lila must be Krishna and Krishna-lila extended respectively because it is in pursuit of Prema Madhurya. And only Krishna, no other avatar of Krishna, is in pursuit of Prema Madhurya or has any uh, experience of that. Hmm? So he who is pursuing that hmm, must be himself, <laughs> who has experience of it. Uh, he has one experience of it. As, as being the object on which that prema madhurya is, is reposed. Hmm? But he thinks, being the object of my devotee's love is one experience. But what is the experience that they have of me? Hmm? From their perspective, it appears, especially in the form of my Lakshmi's and Radha in particular, to exceed my own experience of love of rasa. So it's a crisis for him who is said to be rasa and rasraj. Hmm? Is it true? Am I, do, I, do I know the full limits hmm? uh, of rasa and so forth? Hmm. So at any rate, uh, in order for that embodiment of love, this parama, these uh, shaktis, this embodiment of Prema Madhurya to exist, they have to have an object. Hmm? And a formless object is no object at all. Hmm? Hmm? It has to take a shape. Hmm? Uh, love has meaning when it takes shape. We, 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 we may have love, but to give expression to that and to experience it, hmm? it has to manifest as some form. We, we tend to think that form will be limiting, and we teach that hmm? as well. We teach that our forms 
uh, our material bodies, for example, or the forms that we see in the world composed of matter, um, they're here today and gone tomorrow. They're not enduring. Hmm? Um, they conjure up in the mind a, a limitation. I'm, I'm an atma, a, a unit of subjective reality, but I'm identified with objective ontology, hmm? matter, and having identified with it, I live within its constraints. Hmm? So the forms of this world tend to be limiting. If I have a form of a bird, I can fly high in the sky. If I have the form of a fish, I can't do that, but I can dive deep in the ocean. Hmm? But who's doing the flying and who's doing the diving hmm? is the same type of thing, just in a different form, and limited by that form in terms of expressing itself. That's why, as I've said before, when that same atma, subjective unit of uh, first-person experience, takes the human form hmm, by a kind of evolution of consciousness. Hmm. In human form, because it becomes aware of itself, hmm, self-awareness, and as I said the other day, why questions arise, hmm, existential questions arise. As the self starts to feel itself, as nature starts to understand that it has a soul, hmm? this happens in human life, and therefore the soul coming out, so to speak, starting to acknowledge itself, feels that it can do anything and should not be limited by the limitations that the material form impose upon it. Therefore, we find my explanation. This is why in human society we try to fly high in the sky and we try to dive to the bottom of the ocean. Hmm? And we try to experience the world in every way that other species of life are limited by that particular embodiment hmm? uh, to, uh, to experiencing only part of the world. Hmm? In in human life, the, se the sense that I'm more hmm, is coming to the fore. Hmm? Of course, we try to do exceed or transcend the limits of our um, embodiment. We try to transcend death. Hmm? We try to, that is to say, end death, mostly by ignoring it. Hmm? hiding it in some corner, hmm? some small section of the paper, hmm? some place out of the way. Hmm? Hmm? Um, through cosmetic arrangements of various types, hmm? <laughs> we seek uh, to, to, to transcend the limitations of our present 
embodiment. Of course, so therefore the Veda and Vedanta is not speaking to us about something other than what we're already interested in, something other than what we're already pursuing. It may appear as such that we are asking people here to change their lives entirely. Hmm? We're only asking them to pursue what they're already pursuing in a way that there is more likelihood hmm, that they'll find it. Because one thing is for sure. By pursuing it in the way we do materially, we will not be successful. Hmm? At least we've not gotten very far because the death rate is still 100%. That hasn't changed. Cincinnati time. <laughs> Since the time without beginning. There may be some uh, promissory note for future longevity extending itself hmm, without end in terms of our embodiment. And if we think about it, we might consider that would be even a bigger problem. Hmm? Hmm. Because... Uh, <laughs> One thing is that it's not enduring. Another thing that even as it endures in its prime of adolescence, for example, and youth, it's still uncomfortable to some extent. It's not quite, quite right. At any rate, there may be a promissory note for even improving it unlimitedly and so forth, but uh, even in, uh, I believe, in, even in the scientific community, such a thing is not taken very seriously. Hmm? But nonetheless, the pursuit is quite serious on our part. Hmm? Vedanta comes with a serious proposal of changing the, 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 the way of going about that which we're already pursuing. And as I mentioned the other day, it holds before us some examples hmm, that speak to us arguably hmm, as to the uh, the fact that death can be transcended. Hmm. We're explaining that Krishna has a form. Hmm. In the context of that, we're explaining that our material forms have limitations. We want to transcend them. Hmm? If we understand that point, for first, that the, the, our forms are limitations, we may think of the absolute as formless. Hmm? But if we think of the absolute as an object of love, then it has to have some shape. Hmm? It's somewhat of a different shape entirely from our particular shape. People may not believe in the form of God. They may not believe, if you will, in transcendence, in the supernatural. Hmm? But as I said before, it's more difficult not to believe in love of God. It may be difficult, you think, to believe in God, but it is quite difficult not to believe in love of God. 
love of God stands before us as evidence as to the um, possibility hmm, of fulfilling, being, being successful in one's pursuit to transcend death. Hmm, because love of God involves, among other things, not loving anything else. Hmm? And not, that means not taking, hmm? not being uh, free from attachment. And attachment is the, uh, well, it's the problem that, uh, that, that makes the biological death of the organism of our body problematic, without which it's not a problem. Because you can't take things that you like with you, death becomes a problem. Hmm? If you have no attachment to things, hmm? then death is no longer a problem. Hmm? It's a philosophical kind of solving of the problem. Hmm? But it has practical uh, ramifications. Hmm? And the devotee who is the lover of God really exemplifies, I'm repeating a point that I made the other day, uh, the supernatural in that he or she is uh, an example of aloofness from the that which constitutes material life. Hmm? The carnal uh, desires, hmm? animality and so forth, these are risen above. Hmm? Without, he, he or she has an identity not based on things that are here today and gone tomorrow standing firm on the ground of being. Hmm? And again, when we speak about an atma, we're not speaking about some kind of something that's injected into us at some point in time or something like that. We're not speaking about something that, that others have no experience of. If we translate atma to the soul, someone may say, well, where, where's the soul? Hmm? Well, when we speak about the soul or Atman Vedanta, we're not speaking about something that others have no experience of. We're speaking about experience. <laughs> that everybody has, that everybody is a unit of uh, experiencing capacity. This is the subjective um, side of the uh, two uh, components of material life, the objective and the subjective. We are just defining that subjective reality or describing it differently. We're describing it as something that cannot be reduced to the objective world, which is very reasonable, very, 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 very uh, sound thinking. You cannot, don't expect to get experience out of non-experience. That is not a reasonable proposal. Matter has no experience. For it to start experiencing at some point is, is not a reasonable 
conjecture. Hmm? Uh, so my point is that uh, it's hard. Maybe people think hard to believe in God, but if they look at love of God, hmm? Krishna uses this very argument in the Gita, talking about his form. Hmm? He says, Manush, what, what is that? Uh, uh, in the ninth chapter, he says, uh, some people, they deride my form when I appear in this world, in human life form. What, what is that verse? Abhajananti Mamudha. He says, they're asses. He's rather, um, well, he speaks strongly. Hmm? He says, they're foolish. Hmm? They don't, even I appear before them in my Satchirananda Vigraha, my form of, 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 of being, knowledge, and bliss. And they deride me, they don't understand me. He said, hmm. but he says, there are others. Mahatmanas tumam parta daivim prakritim ashrita. They are mahaatmas. They are selves that are big. Hmm. The self, as I said, expands by giving and it contracts by taking. Do you follow me? Hmm. In our country, the United States, we have a famous statement by one of our famous statesmen and uh, presidents, John F. Kennedy, at his inaugural address. He said, think not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Hmm? Uh, he was positing a bigger idea of self. Hmm? identifying with the nation and its needs hmm? rather than only with your uh, needs with your own self, your own family, something like that. Hmm? A national sense of identity. That's why it's thought that the political life theoretically is very noble. Hmm? To sacrifice <laughs> to serve the nation, hmm? the nation's needs. So the politician becomes a big person. Of course, they become a big criminals for the most part these days. <laughs> but my point is that, that as our giving capacity is extended, hmm, we give ourselves to a cause bigger than ourselves. We become that cause. Hmm? So from individual uh, self-centered consciousness to of the narcissistic child, hmm, if you will, to, 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 oh, there are other people too, <laughs> and so, socializing and so forth, to, to nationalism, now to globe, globalism and so forth. Hmm. So we are simply taking this idea of giving hmm, to the extreme playing out the ramifications of a universal truth that selfishness is unbecoming. Hmm? Selfishness and taking makes you small. Hmm? And giving makes you big. Hmm? 
even though you don't grow by doing it. <laughs> so love is mysterious like this. If you love, you, 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 beget, you get more, but you can't hold it up and show it to somebody. Look, I've got more, see? Hmm? But they can see it. Hmm? You're somehow more. Hmm? But what, we, what we start to see then is we see more of what the, the Atma is. It's a unit of loving capacity. Hmm? It has a big capacity to love, to give, if it can repose itself in the perfect object of love. Hmm? Its life meets with perfection. Hmm? And such people are Mahatmas, great souls. Hmm? After describing those who don't, can't understand his form, hmm? deride him, he's speaking about kind of an atheistic idea in a sense, hmm? he says, they may deride me, they may say I don't exist, but there are other people that can't be denied, he said. They're in the world. Hmm? They're moving amongst us, but they're not amongst us. They're in the world, but they're not of the world. Like the lotus, the example is given in the Gita. Hmm? The lotus flower has its stem. It's very beautiful, the lotus flower. It has its stem in the mud. Hmm? And between the stem, the roots, and the flower, there's water. Hmm? And the lotus sits on top. Hmm? So we may be standing in the in the mud and in the water of material existence, but we can be above it at the same time. Hmm? It is muddy. Hmm? It, it, it means it's it's uh, it's dirty, hmm? just like we said that dirty thief. It doesn't mean he didn't wash his hands. <laughs> You see, <laughs> uh, it means he doesn't have a clean heart. Hmm? He's a taker, and that's unbecoming. Hmm? Uh, so Krishna turns to the devotees. He describes them like this. They're working under a different energy. They're in the world, but they're not of the world. Hmm? They're supernatural. Hmm? They're in the natural world, appearing before us, but their lives are not constituted of, 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 of natural things. Hmm? Hmm? Um, uh, in, 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 in many respects, they are foregoing what are natural necessities. They tend to... Uh, 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 we have... A beautiful description of the Sadhguasami, these great mystics in our tradition. Nidrahara vihara kadi vijito. Nidrahara. Sleeping. Nidra. Ahara. Eating. Eating, sleeping, mating, being concerned how to protect oneself. It said Sankyapubakanama ganana tibi. 
what they did was they, they chanted Sankhya. They got some beads like we gave out yesterday. Hmm? And they count down the beads, names of Krishna. When they got to the end of their mala, they turned around and counted back. Hmm? Hmm. In a regular fashion means they engage themselves in this chanting, Sankhya Pubhakanama, and other requisite uh, attendant devotional practices hmm? that constitute expressions of love uh, reposed on arguably the perfect object of love, Krishna. Hmm? And what result they got, nidra hara viharakari vijito, they forgot to sleep, he said. They forgot to eat. Hmm? They had lost all interest in mating, hmm? which makes the world go round. Hmm? Hmm? They had no fear. Hmm? This is supernatural. Hmm? Can the object that they reposed themselves in, that resulted in their rising above the constraints of the natural world, be a figment only of their imagination? Uh, is this not a very powerful and tangible and uh, desirable result? You say, well, I don't know if it's desirable to stop sleeping or eating, but I, I mean... <laughs> in a more broader sense, uh, to rise above, as I said, which is our pursuit anyway, the limitations that our embodiment imposes upon us, which we feel is unnatural. We feel that the impositions of the natural world are exactly that, an imposition upon ourselves. Hmm? We shouldn't have to die. Hmm? And suffer in ways that we do, and so forth. This is, this is what human life says to us. Hmm? And so such devotees, they, they agree, they answer to that. And in a very pragmatic way, they demonstrate for us, I want to say, uh, much more um, comprehensively hmm, than any other method of ending the dying, if you will, hmm? Uh, that, we, that, we, that we seek to end um, has uh, offered as, as, a, as a convincing uh, uh, course to take in pursuit of such. In other words, yes, the devotee's uh, biological form has to die. He said, well, his has to die. Hmm? So therefore, he's constrained She's constrained by, by matter, by the natural world. Hmm? But that devotee is so luminous, hmm? so, uh, such, such an example of, of, of knowing, hmm? knowing how to rise to such an extent above material existence and be happy in a way that Ram Govinda was telling me that he, by profession, he is a, uh, a therapist and uh, he has some clients in London hmm, 
that pay him so much money that he flies to London once a month hmm, to attend to them. Hmm? Some of them are big TV, sell Adidas massage and so forth. TV celebrities and so forth. I mean, this is just a common thing. You hear this in many places, but he told it to me yesterday again. So it's on my mind. And, and one fellow told him that I have five Lamborghinis and uh, five different houses in all the different, you know, boroughs of London or whatever. And, and Ram, I'm not happy. Hmm? Hmm? And then Ram said, and you see him on the TV with a big smile. Uh, and so forth. So, I mean, this is not, you know, rocket science. Hmm? This is not something that, that, that you won't get a loud agreement hmm? when you make uh, such a statement almost anywhere. Things, hmm? the thirst for things, the Buddha said, this is the cause of suffering. The Gita says, dukkha yonai evate. And the same idea, the thirst for things is the womb from which suffering is born. Hmm? There's no happiness there. Hmm? And the devotees are showing a kind of happiness independent of the, of the things. Hmm? Hmm. This is a very powerful, uh, uh, compelling uh, example. And yes, of course, the biological organism has its cycle and it will come to an end as we teach. Hmm? We never tried to, to stop that hmm? in the name of uh, enduring life. We tried to start the, stop the problem of death hmm? by way of freeing ourselves from attachment to things that we cannot take with us. And yes, the biological, biological organism will die, but... Hmm? So the light will go out if you unscrew the light bulb also. But that's not the end of electricity. Hmm? How can we put an end? How can we bring an end to experiential reality, first-person experiential reality? How can we bring an end to that? Hmm? Whatever exists will, will, will always exist. Hmm? You can't get existence out of non-existence and you can't turn that which exists into a non-existing. Hmm? The two are different. Hmm? So we have good reason to believe hmm, that the subjective side of self is enduring and in the pursuit of enduring life that becomes prominent in human society hmm, should be pursued in relation to that which is feeling that it endures, not the body, but the self. Hmm? So the devotee does this and does this on the basis of reposing its love, its capacity to love, in this Satchitananda Vigraha. Hmm? Is it a Satchitananda Vigraha? Is it a form hmm, made of eternity Knowledge and bliss, and how do you, what does that look like? <laughs> some, some places in the, in the scripture it said, God has no form. It's speaking to us in terms of our identification with form, and says, God has, is nothing like you, in terms of form.
But Krishna has a human-like form. Looks pretty similar. Hmm? Uh, but Scripture wants to say to us, it's very different at the same time. Hmm? Look at the difference. By reposing your love in it, what happens to you? Hmm? You become otherworldly. You rise above the natural world. Hmm? No, that form is the object of the parama, of the of the premamadurja. It requires an object. Love of God requires a God. Hmm? Hmm? And uh, we have no better example of love of God than when that same Krishna himself tries to pursue the experience of his devotee hmm, in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who took the name of Krishna, that is, existence, bliss, that rules by a blissful existence, that rules by, by love, hmm, who's an Ishwar, hmm, ruling by love and thereby doesn't look like a Ishwar. Hmm. As I said, the more you control by love, the less you look like a controller, and the more you can, can, can control at the same time. But if you control by love, then hmm, love is reciprocal, so love will come back to you, hmm, and you'll be controlled by that. That's why it's said, Krishna's form is a product of prema. Hmm? The Shakti of Bhagwan, this primal Shakti and Bhagwan, they're one and different, but more one than different. Hmm? You cannot separate Krishna from Radha. There will be no Krishna in terms of Swayam Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, hmm? without Radha. Hmm? So he has a form. Satchidananda, hmm? Bigraha. Sat means that it has no changes. It doesn't undergo transformation like our form. Our forms transform in a, in a number of ways. There's birth, uh, it, uh, growth, <coughs> maturation, the giving of offspring, hmm? the dwindling, and the dying. Hmm? All these transformations that our forms undergo, sat means, with regard to Krishna's form, it doesn't undergo any such transformations. Hmm? So though it's human-like, hmm, it's very different. At the same time, of course, Krishna appears to go through different ages. But we find those ages of Krishna are udipanas, hmm? or uh, how you say, how you say, stimuluses for for praying for rasananda hmm? on the part of different devotees who approach him from slightly different angles, hmm? who from sakya, from vatsalya, from madhurya. Hmm? His Kumar, childhood, this is very attractive to the Vatsalya Bhaktas. Hmm? His, his 
his his pauganda is hmm, very attractive to the to his, to his friends in Sakirasa. His Kishore, his adolescence, hmm, very attractive to the Madhurja, romantic lovers of God. And each one then is experiencing that eternally. Even in the Nitya Kishore of Krishna, you know, Golok, where he is eternally a Kishore, Yashoda hmm, is seeing his Kumar in him. Hmm. His cowhead fr friends are seeing his Poganda inside of his Kishore. Hmm. And in their hearts, those particular ages, if you will, that are stimulants for their Ananda, their Prem, hmm, are eternally existing. So these, these, that, this is a way of saying, again, this form does not undergo transformation even when there is an appearance of such. Because the lovers of God are loving the different forms that he appears in that, that, that correspond with their love. Hmm? Chit means that his, his form is self-revealing. It does not require anything else uh, to reveal itself. So knowledge, chit, knowledge is self-revealing. Knowledge, what will reveal knowledge? Knowledge is the revealer, hmm? right? Knowledge illuminates, it said it sets you free, it's a similar idea and so forth. Hmm? So his form is luminous. It doesn't require any, uh, uh, anything to reveal itself. Hmm? At the same time, of course, hmm, If we see it through the eyes of lovers, then we'll be able to see it uh, uh, in a way that others will not. And Ananda, so Sajit Ananda. His form is Ananda. Ananda means here that he is, as I said earlier, the perfect object of love. Sajit Ananda Bigraha. His Ananda Bigraha is the perfect object of love that is required hmm, for lovers in order to repose their their love. Hmm? The greatest example, as I said, as I was saying of this, of course, is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. When Krishna wants to experience the position of his own devotee's love, Radha's in particular, hmm, you see what an example he sets. Just by taking the name of Krishna, he would fall over in, in ecstasy. Hmm? Roll on the ground, hmm? uh, tremble in ecstasy, and so forth. Even perspiring blood—it uh, sounds horrible, but it's based on ananda. Hmm? Hmm? Sometimes, from the academic point of view, they research. They said it seems like this historical figure, Chaitanya—he had epilepsy. Hmm? He was falling in fits and rolling on the ground and so forth. And of course we say, but epilepsy is not contagious. Hmm? And his ecstasy, we, are, we have caught it. Hmm? We have caught that. Hmm? We're following in the wake of that. We're pursuing that. We've got the germ hmm? of his 
of his ecstasy. So in this way, Brahma uh, Samhita says, Satchit Ananda Vigraha. We also should comment something on on Satchit Ananda from another uh, perspective. Hmm? He is Satchit Ananda, his form is Satchit Ananda. It means this, that If ultimate reality is a loving reality, and we tend to think that because we all pursue love, and we think if we could find love, our lives will be perfect. Of course, we may look for it in the wrong place and be frustrated, but in our teaching, we say that's true, actually. We look for love, and if you can find it, your life will be perfect. You just need to find the right object of love to repose your loving propensity in. Hmm? Um, and so we do say that, as most, pe- as most people think, loving existence, uh, loving a loving existence would be perfect knowing. Hmm? In other words, we seek to know in order to be happy, and we think that. If we knew how to love, we would be perfectly happy. Hmm? Um, so, in human society, we are all moving in this way, as if loving existence is the is is the most worthy pursuit, and if it could be arrived at, our lives would be perfect. Hmm? I mean, everybody says this. It, it's, this is not just a theistic idea. Is my point. And so we say the same thing. What I'm pointing out here by this example and some other examples is what we're talking about here is not some religious dogma. I know it's got these names and and forms and, and, and things, that's, but the principles here are universally accepted principles. We are only playing them out, the implications, the ramifications of them. And we're ending up in a particular place. We call it Krishna, loving Krishna. So, my point is, if ultimate reality is a loving, is loving, then it has to also be knowing, and it also has to exist. You could have an existence that didn't know of itself, right? Just like we have matter, it doesn't know of itself. But if you have a knowing, if reality is knowing, then it has to exist too. Hmm? So you could have sat without chit and ananda, without knowing, without knowledge and bliss. But if you have a knowledgeable reality, it has to exist also. Hmm? But you could have a knowing existence that was not a loving existence. But if you have a loving existence, then it has to know be cognizant of itself, and it has to be, it has to exist. Hmm? So ananda, amongst the three, satchit and ananda, hmm? this is the purpose, ananda is the purpose. We, we live and pursue knowledge, we exist hmm? for loving, we pursue knowledge as to how to, how to do that. Hmm? Hmm? So in many respects, being 
and knowing are aspects of loving. Now, in Eastern spiritual discipline from the uh, from the Hindus, hmm, we find there are different paths to attaining transcendence. Basically, there's three: Gyan, the path of knowledge; Yoga, which is also could be called the path of action; and uh, Bhakti, the path of love. Well, if we talked about it like that, it wouldn't be hard to pick which one would be the best. But still, for some reason, some people take, pick the path of knowledge and some people pick the path of action hmm? or yoga. Hmm? And these paths have corresponding attainments in transcendence, beyond the material ego and so forth. Hmm? And they're known respectively as Brahman, the object of uh, attainment for the, for the path of knowledge, Paramatma, the object of attainment for the path of action or yoga, and Bhagwan, the object of attainment for the path of bhakti. And each of these are kind of aspects of transcendence, because transcendence, being a loving reality, well, it's also a knowing reality and an enduring uh, existence. Hmm? So each of these paths is interested in a particular aspect, hmm? the being, the knowing, or the loving of the Absolute. In the path of Gyan, what becomes our interest is Knowing that which is not enduring to be such. Hmm? And loving to exist in an enduring way. Hmm? So in this path, the Absolute is perceived primarily as enduring existence. Hmm? Being. Sat. In the Chit and the Ananda, they are really shadows of such. Hmm? In the path of action or yoga, hmm? the object is knowing, omniscience. Hmm? The in order to know, well, there has to be something to know. So we move from kind of an undifferentiated being to some differentiation within transcendence where knowing has meaning because there's someone to know. Hmm? So the paramatma hmm, is, the, is the object then of the, of the, of the path of yoga. Hmm? And there... It exists, existence is there, knowing is there, and some loving is there. We call it shanta. The culmination of astanga yoga is shantarasa, bhaikuntam. Knowing. You don't become the knower, 
But you know him. Hmm? And like him, you also know. He's omniscient. Hmm? He knows everything. Hmm? And in one sense, because he knows everything, the Paramatma shows compassion. He is the overseer of the world. Hmm? The controller. And the world is full of suffering, as we described, so he has compassion. So this ananda, or loving aspect of the yogi, it takes its, reaches its height in, in compassion. Krishna has explained this in the Gita, in his discourse on yoga, sadhana, and sadhya, in the sixth chapter. Hmm? The highest yogi, he says, is one who sees the sufferings of others as if they were his own. Hmm? Oh, this is a deep kind of love. In, in Gyan, there may be some compassion as we pursue Gyan, but when we attain Brahman, <laughs> yeah, not much scope for compassion. Hmm? In, in yoga, we are loving the compassionate one. Hmm? Hmm? I'm just generalizing. Hmm? So in that transcendental existence, knowing is prominent, Hmm? And being and loving uh, are less significant. If we move to bhakti, then loving is the object. Bhagwan is the objective, hmm? the, uh, the object of love. Hmm? And when that object of love is Krishna, hmm? as we're describing uh, the Parama Ishwar in Brahma Samhita, what happens? Loving becomes prominent, hmm? and the being and the knowing become insignificant. Hmm? Because in loving, when loving becomes prominent, it doesn't matter where you live. And you don't care to know about anything else. You've attained love. It doesn't matter. As long as I'm with my lover, I could live in a cave. It doesn't matter. The whole city can burn down, but the two of us are together. No problem. I don't care about my existence. And I, as for knowing, I'm done. Love has a knowing inside of it that is essential. In love we know what to do. And our life is fulfilled. So knowing and being, they become minimized in the face of loving. But at the same time, a loving existence and a knowing that is uh, uh, that is uh, 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 in the context of, of a loving existence become the most significant existence hmm? and the most meaningful knowing. Hmm? And this is Golok. Hmm? It's like this. Hmm? You see? Golok is... <laughs> it is Govinda. Sarvakarna Karnam. Anadidari Govindam. Krishna is Govinda. It means, Govinda means he's a cowherder. Now, we don't have a lot of cowherders here, but if you go to India and you find a cowherder, you will look and say, What an insignificant existence this is. Hmm? A house made out of cow dung. 
Hmm? And <laughs> and very, uh, it's not uh, any big big buildings and <laughs> and fancy living situation or anything like that. Hmm? It's 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 existence is it's small. Hmm? It seems small. Hmm? Golok seems by appearance small. That's why sometimes it's described as big, Chintamani, Prakarasadmasu. <laughs> Some talking about it. It makes it sound a little bigger, so we'd be attracted to it. But actually, the real attraction to it is its smallness. Hmm? You understand what I'm saying? Therefore, the people, I mean, it said, oh, there the trees give fruits, that, and you can get any, any kind of anything from the tree. The udders of the cows, they give that milk you can, any wish that you have can be milked out. Hmm? Milk out your own wish. Hmm? The floor, the, the ground is made of chintamani, the, the, the philosopher's stone that if you touch it to iron, it turns iron into gold. So some, sometimes it's talked about with some Aishwarya, a little bit like this, and people think, I want that sounds really interesting, I want, I want to go there. Hmm? But the real wealth of the place hmm? is the love the prema madhurja that the devotees have. They don't want anything else. Hmm? They've got desire trees in their backyard and they don't pick them. Hmm? Hmm? The only thing they get out of the udders of the cows is milk. You could have got anything and you only took milk. Hmm? Something like that. Milk is affection, of course. Hmm? The cows... If you bring the calf before the cow, her udder will fill up with milk. Hmm? It is said it, it is it's surrounded by an ocean of milk. It means like that. Yes, you have to cross to swim an ocean of affection. It, it, the affection is oceanic that surrounds that place. Hmm? If you have to go there, you have to become a lover. Hmm? Hmm? You can't just become an be an atma, a unit of enduring existence hmm? that's, that that knows everything. Hmm? Uh, you have to become a lover hmm? and retire knowing. Hmm? And in and, and, and living in love hmm? again, unconcerned about the existence. Hmm? what kind of house I will have there and how big it will be and so forth and so on. Hmm? Hmm. The, lo the love of Golok hmm, makes the knowledge, the chit, the love of his vigraha, his ananda vigraha, hmm, makes the chit and the ananda and, 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 and the sat less significant but more meaningful at the same time. The sat of uh, uh, of the loving experience of bhakti is more meaningful than the sad of brahman where it's the focus hmm? and the not the knowledge is more significant than uh, than in, in, in we find in the ideal of of the yogi hmm? in 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 this realm where, where ananda is the the prominent factor. We find the, the object of love, of love Krishna, 
unknowing hmm? and questioning his existence. He's unknowing. Hmm? He, 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 he doesn't know if Radha loves him. Hmm? He questions it. Hmm? He has ex- existential crisis hmm? when he sees her love and so forth. Hmm? He doesn't know that he's... He, it's a drama. That's true. It's a drama. God knows everything. Hmm? But he, but as, as Prabhu pointed out, that sounds pretty boring. Right? Hmm. Uh, boring is a sin. Uh, to be bored is a sin. Is the only sin. Uh, he, uh, so, what to do? With a boring existence, knowing everything. Hmm? You have to play. Hmm? When you're bored, then you play. Hmm? You're bored with something, then you, you want to go out and play. Hmm? So God plays. Hmm? And he plays, a, 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 he plays, he dances in accordance with the love of his devotees. Hmm? Their hearts are the music hmm, that causes them to dance. And in that play, that drama, hmm, he becomes so absorbed in the drama hmm, that he forgets that he knows everything. He played the part so well hmm, that we say, he is the son of Nanda. That's who he is. He's not playing the part of the son of Nanda. He is the son of Nanda. Hmm? More than he's God. This is the more. The unknowingness. Hmm? Hmm? That is more than the knowing. Hmm? Less is more. Hmm? As they say. Hmm? Much more. And Vrindavan looks like less. Much less than Vaikuntha. There are forearms there. There are palaces and so many things. Hmm? In Gokul, within Golok, in Gokul, in the center of the lotus, hmm? there's no big palaces there. Nanda has a big house. That's true. Big enough for Balaram and some friends to stay over. Hmm? Uh, sometimes it will be described with a little ice bar, as I say. But the real, therefore, we say, the, 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 the Nara Leela, the Leela of Krishna in human society, where there are no palaces, there are, there are no chintamani like that you can see. In a, uh, hmm? This is the source of the all abodes. Hmm? Even the aprakat lila hmm? has its origin in the prakat lila. This is a way of saying what I'm saying. Hmm? The more the love, the more insignificant, the, the less the knowing, and gyan shunya bhakti, this is the ideal. Hmm? And the less concern we have for our existence, hmm? how we will shelter ourselves, how we will protect ourselves, and so forth. Hmm? So he is Satchit Ananda Vigraha, with emphasis on Ananda. Hmm? Therefore, it is said that Satchit Ananda is, is made out of the frame of those Parama, Ishwar Parama, those Lakshmis, those devotees, is made out of that. Hmm? So we have our answer, as I've said before. If someone asks what's the source of the world, and we say God, who is God, Krishna? What's Krishna's source? We say Radha. 
What is Radha's source? Krishna. Hmm. Any question? Yes. Ruling by love. Drink to that. Yes. So I would use this, like, I would try to create one word, like love and kratos. Love and what? Love and kratos, Greek word for ruling, kratos. Kratos, okay. No. <laughs> ah, yeah. Well, I should say it says to us we should live in this, live in pursuit of this. That will solve all the problems. That's a fact. Hmm? If you can, if this can be your ideal, therefore we have to make this point. Krishna's too, Bhagavan so on. If you make this point, if people understand, then as they start to live in pursuit of Krishna, which means in pursuit of love of Krishna, where he can be found. Hmm? That will solve all the problems. Hmm? Hmm? First of all, it will reduce the needs of people. You have no in environmental crisis will end in a minute. Hmm? All of the things that you need, for uh, so many things, will be diminished. Hmm? There will be so much more resources. Hmm? Well, it's very practical, but it's very impractical to think that everybody will do that. Hmm? And so therefore we make some other system and so on and so forth. But basically these, you have to understand that any system for controlling and organizing is a breakdown of love. Hmm? Because if love is there, then, then your heart is mine, my heart is yours. Uh, whatever you want it becomes my ideal. Whatever I want becomes your ideal. Um, um, there's no fighting here uh, in, in such a uh, scenario. Um, but when love breaks down, then we start to make rules. Let's say, I've given an example before, let's say uh, uh, you and I live in the same house, okay? So we're living together and, you know, we're buddies, we're friends, we love one another. Hmm? And then, um, you know, it turns out after a while, you've got certain habits that kind of rub me the wrong way. Like you like to stay up late at night and play music. And I like to go to bed early, and I like to get up early in the morning, and you like to stay asleep. So it's kind of like start to break down at some point. So in order to, to preserve the situation, we agree to make some rules. We write them and we put them on the wall. Okay, I, you promise to go to bed you know, later than 10 o'clock, and I won't get up before you know 6 o'clock or something like that. So that's a breakdown of love that we try to salvage it by some rules. Hmm? So the more there are rules, the less there is love. Hmm? The more there is love, the less there are rules. Hmm? Therefore, the love of, of Vrindavan Bhakti is, is called lawless love. Hmm? It's, a, it's a transcending of all the laws. Hmm? And it's a, it's, it's a fulfillment of all the laws. 
Hmm? Just like uh, myself as an example, when I was younger, in uh, I was a member of the uh, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, and um, I was distributing Prabhupada's books everywhere. And uh, one year, this was like nineteen seventy four or something like that. 74, 75, maybe 74, 73. There was a, Prabhupada had this management body called the Governing Body Commission that was supposed to manage everything. Hmm? He was the Acharya above the managing board, hmm? as appropriate according to Siddhanta. Um, and then he had a managing board for managing things. He wanted the, 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 this committee to be the ultimate managing authority. Hmm? in his group, in his sect. He wrote about it in his will and stuff. And if you read it, it talks about properties and monies and managing and organizing and things like that. This was their their function. Mm-hmm. And so they would organize um, and uh, starting of temples and so forth and so So anyway, I was kind of just going everywhere and just distributing Prabhupada's books and giving all the money for printing the books. So they called me and they said... We want to know under whose law you're working. Hmm? Who is the the governing body commissioner in charge of your affairs? And I said, well, it was so-and-so, but he left the mission, so I'm not sure. And I hadn't really thought about it at the time. But anyway, anyway, so then they went to Prabhupada as they would every year after having a three-day meeting and coming up with certain resolutions. And they would read him to Prabhupada and he'd say, as the Acharya, he would say, Yes, no, yes, no, improve this one, change. So then they came to me and they said, that in this Tripurari Das, this is before I take a sannyas, and Prabhupada said, what has he done? <laughs> and they said, well, Prabhupada, he's selling your books, but he doesn't have any, he, he said he doesn't have any GBC, any law over him. There's no law controlling him. And Prabhupada said, he does not need a GBC. He is to selling the books. That's what we're supposed to if we would all do that, or you know, if we were all self-motivated for serving, then we wouldn't need to have rules to get everybody to serve and organize. Therefore, he said, ideally, he wanted his society to, to run on the basis of two, two things, love and trust. That's the ideal. So we should, following his example, in any institution, we, think we should strive for that kind of management, which is... No management. You see, good management, the best management, is that you manage yourself out of having to manage. That's, what man- that's the culmination of management. The perfection of management is doing away with the manager. That's a fact. <laughs> so the managing, if the, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the institution is growing and flourishing, the managing should be becoming less and less and less. And love should be coming more and more and more. Hmm? And the kind of luminous knowing what to do, and you know, this is the ideal. So I use it as an example because you, you, you talk about organizing and so forth, and institutions and of Gaudiya Vaishnavism have formed in modern days and so forth, and they need to be organized, and how they'll, they'll be organized. Um, and the same holds true for the political you know, world, the secular world, and so forth. Um, but again, this seems too idealistic hmm? for the people in general 
if we were to say, loving Krishna is the solution, you know, it's better than democracy, and so forth. Uh, but at least such 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 emphasis should have currency amongst devotees. Hmm? It is it impractical to emphasize it in a, in a, in a, in, a, in a room full of devotees? Hmm? I don't think so. Hmm? Does that help? All right. What is the time? Half past eleven? Yeah. You have a question? You want to ask it now or you want to ask it tonight? Tonight would be okay? Okay. Okay. No class tonight. So ask it now. Well, Entirely clear uh, what you're asking, but I th I think I have an idea of what you're saying. So I'll answer to that. Um, um, obviously, um, we all have uh, some sincerity of interest in in improving our lives, and uh, and and in that regard, spiritually, that's why we're here. Hmm? And um, it's a long road ahead from our present position 
to the ideal that we are speaking about, Prem, Ananda, and so forth. Hmm? And so, um, we may be uh, sincere about our progress, but we may fall into um, a condition in which we are uh, kind of kidding ourselves, I think this is what you're saying, um, and we are not uh, stepping on the gas as much as we should, hmm? and we were being content with a little bit of service and applying ourselves in bhakti, and at a level we feel comfortable with, hmm? and our life is working, and so forth, but uh, perhaps we should be stepping on the pedal on the gas more and more sincere, and are we deceiving ourselves? That's kind of what you're asking, right? Hmm? Um, I, th I think that uh, that uh, it's good, important, essential to have a guide, to have a guru to help us kind of um, uh, avoid self, uh, that kind of self-deception um, who, who tends to push us a little bit according to our limits per perhaps as he perceives them um, uh, then again of course there are different kinds of gurus and some may say well you know I've said it if they couldn't hear it what can I do <laughs> and then just say how are you oh, good good very nice <laughs> okay and wait for them to uh, you know, to catch on because it's tiring chasing after everybody with a stick and you know and so forth. So um, that's maybe perhaps not a solution either. And I guess what I want to say in that regard, there's really no um, solution to uh, how to be sincere other than being sincere. And I, for myself, I used to pray in the mornings in Prabhupada's new Dwarka every morning where I was uh, uh, living as a young young devotee that to be that I always I did always question my sincerity I questioned the level of my sincerity so I would pray that I could be sincere about being sincere that was my approach and it worked pretty good <laughs> um, but I I I think that that's that's a good approach uh, as long as you don't your life doesn't become neurotic, hmm? and there may be a bit of neurosis in your question. In other words, your life's working and you're a devotee and you're serving Krishna. You got a family and so forth, but uh, and and all. But maybe you should be doing more. And 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 then thinking like that may upset the balance of your life in such a way that you're not even able to do. More and so so then it starts to become kind of a neurosis and so forth. Uh, you know, we we have to settle for our. Sometimes this is where I'm at hmm, right now, and it's a long road ahead. Um, 
and uh, some complacency can set in, and we have to be careful about that. And it's, a, it's kind of an ongoing um, a self-assessment and atmanic shape. You know, introspection is part of bhakti. So uh, we want to do that, but we it's, we want to see that in the context of doing that, we we're not making a problem worse by becoming neurotic and. And um, so it's very hard to give an answer to your, your question. It's, it's just kind of like the, the, the ongoing dilemma, in a sense, of all devotees. But what I would say is that the more we can associate with advanced devotees, which is so central to our progress because we advance by Sangha, um, that that example of greater sincerity and more intensity in practice will you know, push us in that direction and keep us kind of pushing forward in a, in a way that that, uh, um, that makes sense at the same time. So I guess, you know, you have to move by uh, experiment a little bit, trial and error. Um, if, if in the name of being more sincere and applying yourself, you as a family person, for example, your family starts to become, uh, you know, Unattended to, and uh, and uh, and the other problems and so forth. Then, you know, you you, you might want to step back a little bit. You want to see that that you remain somewhat of a wholesome and balanced person at the same time you're making making progress. Uh, kind of. Uh, <laughs> uh, you don't want to become neurotic in the name of progress because that then then you won't be. You probably won't be making progress. You'll be applying yourself with the wrong motives, and so on and so forth. Um, but uh, I think that uh, there are always things that we can do in our everyday life um, that um, we can do more of by way of sincerely applying ourselves that will not cause us to err and become neurotic and try to do more than we have eligibility for. And those things are, for example, a chanting a prescribed number of rounds. You can always apply yourself more in that in terms of paying attention hmm, and doing it in a heartfelt way. Hmm. And so much will come of that. Hmm. So you might think, I could do more, I could do this, I could fast on the codices or I could sacrifice this and go here and do there and and and, and, and so many things. But this thing, hmm, you can never err, so to speak, because your guru, our guru will give us some, some prescribed time or number of times for chanting and so forth. Hmm? And the task is to do that, uh, at least initially, attentively take the medicine and pay attention and it's not easy to do. So, so there's, a, there's a lot of effort that can be put into that and that effort that's put into that will play out in terms of our everyday living too. Hmm? We'll start to see, for example, okay, I heard rumor said this, you know, so I should sit and chant, I should try to apply myself, all my sincerity to my chanting attentively. So there I am chanting. And then I'm finding my mind is going in different places. What's it thinking about? Hmm? 
And then I can think, did I really need to have that thought on my mind? And what did I do that brought that thought on my mind? Hmm? That's now getting in the way of my focusing my mind on the chanting. Hmm? Then we can we can see, well, actually, I didn't need to do that. It was completely superficial. Hmm? And if I hadn't done that, uh, it wouldn't have changed my life in any significant way other than the thought wouldn't be on my mind right now and I could better apply myself for chanting. So then we can start to eliminate certain superficial things that we do, that we pay attention to, that we become preoccupied with, and so forth, that without doing, we won't become neurotic. Hmm? We won't neglect any you know, of our uh, relative obligations and so forth, and we will be better able to focus on the chanting from which we can draw everything. Everything can be drawn from there. Hmm? Attentive chanting, this is, this, is, this, is, this is the most um, uh, uh, kind of significant exercise, in a sense, other than sadhu sangha, which, which is powerful, but that's meant to help us to, to, to fly our own plane, so to speak. We come in for a big you know, coaching session and, and so forth that we might be able to you know, lift off, and, and, and the chanting is for that. So... That's what I would recommend. You you can always be more sincere about chanting attentively, and if you are, it will your whole rest of your life. Your 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 sitting hmm, will have will will dictate to you your walking, hmm, and how some of your walking is not conducive to your sitting, and it could be eliminated. Does that help? Yeah, <laughs> I tried hard on that one, but I but I have some attachments which I like. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't feel bad with it. Yeah, if I do, if uh, I I say you don't in sincere way. <laughs> yeah. Because it sounds good. There are some good musicians out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, when I was commenting on that, I mean, there's, there are certain things that if, 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 we, if we give them up, but we find ourselves thinking about them anyway, hmm, uh, too much, then we haven't given them up anyway. So, um, whereas it's possible that we may indulge in them um, with some, within some parameters, in a way that they will um, uh, play themselves out and exhaust themselves. Hmm? 
And so, um, therefore, the Gita says we should be regulated in our eating, sleeping, and recreation. So sometimes you have to work with the mind instead of against the mind. So let's say the mind wants to listen to some kind of music and so forth that's not devotional. Hmm? But if you don't listen to it, you know, your mind won't be able to concentrate anyway, and then you might as well listen to it. Um, and it's not all that it's uh, cracked up to be anyway, so the, you know, those tunes after a while they get tiring and, and so forth. Um, they all have like some point in the song that's really, really good, you know, and then, but even that gets boring after a while. So uh, there may be some place for, you know, for, for recreation, I want to call it. Hmm? Such indulgence uh, that without without which um, you you will be artificially foregoing something um, that you're not really eligible to to do. I mean, it there there might be ways. Given that example of music, like you know, you can listen to music and hear only Krishna consciousness. That's also possible. Hmm? Um, if you're preoccupied with Krishna, I mean, as far as vocals go, hmm? you know, the, the, most of the songs are love songs or or they're some kind of maybe rebellious songs or, you know, do it, you know, they're like for kind of political or do the right thing or something like that. I don't know, you know, Bob Dylan or something from my time would be, you know, like an example of that. So, uh, in some respects, so you know, you, you either you can, you know, listen to certain songs and hear only Krishna consciousness in there if you're Krishna conscious enough, I suppose. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did that. He listened to um, secular music, and he used to sing it too. But when he sang secular music, it meant something else to him. He thought of it in an entirely different way. So um, you could try that, <laughs> but overall, I mean, I, 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 that example aside, I would say that yes, sometimes you have to allow yourself some interaction with sense objects that you find uh, uh, yourself preoccupied with, hmm? because without doing so. You'll be preoccupied with them anyway, and that kind of repression will will come out in another way, and uh, will hinder you uh, as well from your purpose and resolve. And so we're all in different levels and conditions and so forth. At the same time, you know, you have to be honest about it, and and um, and using that example from the Gita, if we have to be. There's some place for recreation, some place for it, but you know, it's not the the main focus. Something like that. Hmm. Does that help? Um, and, and I want to say that there are a lot of examples of um, persons cutting themselves off from things artificially that have become, their, and that their example as a result of that has been, become a deterrent 
to, for, for others uh, because they find not only did they not attain prem, but they became materially worse off or something like that, uh, it, it appears. So that example speaks uh, loudly <laughs> to us. So uh, it's the middle path, everything in moderation, I guess you could say. <laughs> so with that, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll come to uh, a close for the day. And um, um, not sure what the events are tonight, but... Uh, I'll see you again in, in the morning.